Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Several years ago, when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, what started the drive to understand and know what was going on in my body was the fact that I was in conflict with myself. I would have to tell my brain to tell this hand to pick up a toothbrush or to pick up a razor and get moving. And when it stopped, to get moving again. And that conflict between my brain and my limbs pushed me to find out what's going on. There's a problem here. I I don't get it. I'm losing my grip strength in this right hand. I, I, I can't. I don't have the coordination I used to have. And that conflict was with me and in me. As I begin to look at this passage again in, in, in light of today's text and today's message, I thought how those at Babel must have felt in terms of this confusion that they were speaking one language just not long ago, and now we're speaking a language that they had not learned and didn't otherwise know. And the confusion that God brought about and the conflict that he brought about in, in this whole ordeal because of that. Let's look at this text again, if you, if you will. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and one common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and break them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that men were building. The Lord said, if if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they'll, they'll not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world, and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Today, four things I want us to glean from this text. The first is what I was just talking about with you, is that conflict comes from my struggle with me, my struggle that's inward to me. Verse 8 says, So the Lord scattered them over the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. We talked a couple of weeks ago uh, about how confusion uh, brings to, to, to halt about any, any sense of accomplishment or growth or progress on our part or life in general. Uh, th- those can, things can come to a screeching halt because we're confused. Uh, we talked in week one about conformity and week two about confusion. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when we stop and, and start to analyze and evaluate everything, many of us get caught in that stopped place and never move from there. And so the confusion causes us to isolate and, and, and just kind of shut down because we, can't, we don't understand what's going on. Much like I was trying to figure out what was going on with my body, uh, I, at some point I had to say, I got to talk to a doctor about this. And that doctor led to another one, which led to another one. 
But this idea of, of, of paralysis by analysis, I think, is what has many believers squelched in their, their not only their desire to, to, for the Lord to be known out of their life, but the, the fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. So the enemy keeps us in that place of confusion. I don't know enough. I don't know enough scripture. I'm not eloquent enough. I can't talk to people enough very well. I, I, I don't have enough life experience. He'll keep us in that state of, of uh, confusion and, and conflict for as long as he can. A great deal of our conflict, though, comes from trying to discern whether the problem is circumstantial, meaning whether it's external, or whether the problem is personal, meaning that it's internal. Uh, they stopped building the city because they could no longer understand each other, and they perceived that the problem was external because it was communication. In actuality, the problem was internal. It is because of their disobedience to God. If you want to turn back to chapter 9, verses 1 and 19 says in chapter 9, God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase, and, uh, increase in number and fill the earth. Then over in verse 19 it says, These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over all the earth. It was God's design for them to scatter and move and propagate. They stopped doing that and decided to, to come together to build the city. Consequently, their struggle was not with each other. Their struggle was with God, and, and it was an internal struggle for them, uh, trying to figure out what's God's will, what's my will, and, and where do those two meet? What happens when those two meet? So our conflict comes from my struggle with me. Secondly, conflict comes from my desire to be known. My desire to be known. Look at verse part of verse 9. That's why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. We talked in week one about Babel being the precursor to the city of Babylon. The city of Babylon is not only uh, uh, a, has historical significance in Scripture, it has prophetic significance about our future as well. The city of Babylon, most scholars will believe, will be the hub of activity when the Antichrist, during the, during the time of tribulation, sets up his earthly kingdom. It will be in that, that ancient city in Babylon, which is now located in modern-day Iraq. Uh, but that, that that connection between Babylon and Babylon is not accidental, I don't believe. We find in chapter 10, uh, verses 8 to 12, that Nimrod was likely the leader of the efforts to build the city. In fact, look at, let's look at those verses. Uh, chapter 10, verses 8 to 12 says, Cush was the father of Nimrod, who grew to be a mighty warrior on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That's why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, the first sinners of the kingdom were Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Canaan and Shinar. From that, from that land, he went uh, to Assyria, where he built the, uh, Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ar, and Calah, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh and Calah, and that is a great city. So we see here it, this, it, this example of Nimrod. We learn from this text that he's not only the likely leader in his efforts to build Babel, uh, build Babel and the city and the, and the tower, uh, but he didn't stop there as well. He went on con to other conquests. He not only was a driven person and a builder, but he had to be influential or manipulative or both. You can't get people to follow you unless you have some influence and, and, and don't have some convincing uh, speech and attitude to yourself or uh, can learn to manipulate people and their behavior and their, and their thoughts. Uh, no doubt Nimrod and the people at Babel wanted, wanted a name for themselves. We, we just read it in verse 4. But at the core of this draw, at the core of, of this, this appeal, I think the social media is your desire, my desire to be known. Each of us have probably in our core, 
the desire for significance. The desire to say or do something in our life that matters. To help answer the question that each of us face every day, why am I here? What's my life supposed to be about? What, why, why was I born in the first place? Is there design and, and plan to, to my existence, to my being here, or is that just things that are, that are made up on the fly? Do I learn those things on the way? Uh, to get a glimpse into your world uh, is, is uh, often what social media is about, so to see how I measure up, or uh, to selectively bring you into my world so that I can be validated. Most of the time, those are, those are the two motivations for how much we are on and use social media. More importantly, and how many likes I can get or how many friends I can get, in essence, what others think of me is this idea of what does God think of me? Where am I on his radar? Where, where am I in, his, in, in terms of what he had planned for me in terms of how, how I'm living that out? In essence, not how many friends I have, but do I know him? And does he know me? How well do I know him? How well does he know me? Those are, I think, the deeper questions about our desire to be known and to have that desire fulfilled, uh, whether it's inside or outside social media. Conflict comes from struggle with me. It comes from my desire to be known. But thirdly, conflict comes from the control of communication. From the control of communication, look at the middle part of verse 9. The Lord confused their language there, uh, the language of the whole world, uh, was confused there at, at Babel. So communication is the basic building block to any collective, any collaborative effort on the part of man to get anything done, any sense of accomplishment. You got 11 guys on a football team that come to the line of scrimmage to run a play, and every one of those 11 guys have an assignment. If one of those assignments breaks down, usually the play breaks down. Assignments aren't the same or different, but we, we have to work together, all 11, to move the ball forward on the field to, to, to score a touchdown. Same thing is, is true of communication. If that lineman and that receiver and that back and that quarterback and those, those wide receivers don't know what they're supposed to do, the play is not going to get run very well. So communication breaks down and the play breaks down. Same thing here. Communication broke down and, and the, the sense of accomplishment and any collaborative effort being uh, brought forth died with that. We posed the question from week one, verse one, about this common speech uh, and ask the question, is this common speech he's referring to, could that be ones and zeros? Could that be the language, dig digital language that you and I communicate back and forth on computers and phones uh, in our day? If that's true, then we have to ask, who's in control of that language? Who's monitoring that language? What's, what's being done with it? Uh, what are they, and what are they using it for? Uh, we know it's to be able to advertise and market products to us. You can't open your phone up hardly anymore or an email up anymore. There's not 16 ads for what they think you want based on what you've looked at before and asked about before. So that's used in marketing and to try and get us to purchase products or goods or services. We also know that AI, that artificial intelligence, and the al algorithms that they put together to, to make those things work are being used to analyze your posts, your responses, your shares, how you interact with other folks on social media, uh, and your opinions, your interests, your beliefs, and they group those things together, or group, put us together in groups based on what those beliefs and opinions and, and ideas are. And with almost two-thirds of the world's population using some sort of social media, uh, and 
in all likelihood with seniors and, and uh, small children being at the margins of those with less use or no use at all. It's estimated by Pew Research Center that over 70% of millennials and Gen Xers and over 40% of baby boomers get their news from social media. I wonder where the news comes from that you're getting on social media and wonder how accurate it is and how much you can trust it. So the question then has to come, is it being used as a platform to share opinion or is it being used as a platform to shape opinion or both? You have to answer that for yourself based on how, how great your need it is to, to go there to find out what you don't, don't yet know and need to know. But when we control communication, you control this idea of conflict. It comes from my struggle with me, my desire to be known, and control, uh, control of communication. Finally, conflict comes from ignoring the will of God. It comes from ignoring the will of God. Look at the last part of verse 9. It says, from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Scattered them over the face of the whole earth. We can look at the, at the lives in Scripture of people like Cain, of Moses, of King Saul, of Jonah, and on and on and on. That story, same story can go. Countless others to know the consequences of being outside the will of God. Those consequences can be grave sometimes. These people had heard the stories and the decisions here at Babel uh, uh, and about what caused God to destroy uh, the earth by water. And as we talked about last time, had chosen to ignore that instruction in light of what we saw in chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. That instruction was to scatter, to be fruitful, and multiply, to scatter over the earth and to propagate the earth. And they, uh, that, that's, that's not what they did. Um, just as elections have consequences, and in the last 72 hours, we've seen the consequences of elections. Uh, it's unheard of, really, for, for any president to have three appointments to the, to the Supreme Court in one term. God had to be in that. Regardless of your opinion of, of the decision, your opinion of, of Trump or anybody else, and my opinion of Trump is he's, he's uh, how can I be nice? He's, a, he's an egotistical, he's egotistical. I, I, I could say more. I think he was used by God for what happened on Thursday. Friday, rather. I'm convinced of that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't know if he knows that, even, but I'm convinced that he was. And, and election, just as elections have consequences, when we, when the people of God choose to ignore the will of God, there are consequences there, too. And they can be just as catastrophic and just as earth-shaking. These people wanted to congregate. God wanted them to, to commanded them actually to propagate, to be fruitful and multiply and, and to scatter around and, and grow the earth. Uh, they weren't willing to do that on their own, so God forced that by the confusion of their language. Nimrod had, had as we talked about earlier, persuadedly uh, persuasive in communication to them, but God used the lack of communication to get them off the wrong track and on the right track of what he wanted them to do. So in trying to answer this question, is, is social media the, the new Bible? It is the new point of confusion in our world. We have to answer questions that are deeper than that, like what are the things that draw us together and what are the things that drive us apart? 
Is that a tool for drawing us together? Social media is, is it a tool for, for, for driving us apart? Because God can't be in both of those things. You have to choose and see wh where you find him in those things, though. So where is his will in all of that? Well, let me ask three questions as we close. First one's this. Is God, can God use social media for good? Yes, he can, and he does. In fact, we're using it as we speak for kingdom good, to try and get the message beyond the walls of this church in the places where people uh, can watch and see and learn and grow from their own, trust Christ as their Savior on their own. So he can, and he does, absolutely. The question, second question is this. Are we using it to fill a void for significance? Is that part of our motive? You have to answer that question for yourself, but collectively speaking, as we look at culture, the answer, in my opinion, is a resounding yes. Absolutely, we're using it to fill a void for significance. At its core, Babel was that. Babel was, at its core, about human significance. We just saw in verse 4 that they wanted to make a name for themselves. It was about human significance. Social media is that way too. But it can be rooted in deeper things and have deeper meanings for us and deep, deeper, deeper purposes than sometimes we're aware of or that we give thought to. Final question I want to ask you is this and you have to answer this for yourself as well, are we in lockstep with our culture or are we in conflict with it? Are we in lockstep with our culture or do we find ourselves more in conflict with it? We can't be both. We can't be in lockstep with our culture and in conflict with it at the same time. Here's what I found and I'm finding to be true, and I think these are... don't have time to chase this rabbit down this hole, but I think these are end-time things, end time things, latter day things. And that's this, because I, I believe the Bible speaks to this. The middle is collapsing and, and, and waning and growing smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. There is, there is no longer a middle anymore. Uh, if so, it's, it's, it's much smaller than it used to be. And I think, I think that's the case because as we face the Lord's return being soon, I think we are, he, I think he is dividing us into two camps of, are you with me or are you not? Are you with the culture? Or are you with the kingdom? And I think the middle is collapsing to where you and I are going to have to make a choice, the culture or the kingdom. I don't know what your choice is today, but if social media in your life is influencing that in a way that draws you away from God instead of to him, draws you toward the culture instead of toward him, if it has a firm grip on your time and attention, in essence, if it's consuming you, let me just challenge you to give it up for a couple of weeks and see what happens. See how your life is. See how deeply you think you need it or not. I wonder if, if the confusion that the folks at Babel experienced is not a picture of what's going on in our culture today. We're in great moral confusion. We're in deep spiritual confusion. We're in relational confusion. We're in financial confusion. We're in cultural confusion. And it seems as if we don't know the way out. But you and I do. And we need to do something about that. You and I know the way through. We know how to navigate this because of what his book says, what happened in the last days. And as we navigate that in front of a world that's lost and needs Jesus, that is a resounding witness. But we can't be consumed with what's between our thumbs as opposed to what's the people that God's placed around us. Because our culture's dying and going to hell. Doesn't even know it. 
Used to know it. Used to believe there was a real hell. Used to believe there was a real Satan. But questions that now. In fact, many churches even do. And what sad days we live in. It's growing grayer and grayer and grayer. Well, as I said, I think the middle is collapsing. We're going to have to decide the kingdom of the culture. Let's pray. Father, today would you, would you convict our hearts of where we stand, of where, where our convictions lie, of what we'll associate with and, and, and want, what we'll let in and through the filters in our minds and want, what we'll talk about with others and want, what we'll listen to and tolerate or not. Will you stir us and convict us this morning about those things to, to help drive home in our hearts What's being, what's being communicated? What's, being, what's, being, what's coming out of the cracks of our conversations? What's being said by us? What, what, what matters to us? What's important to us? What do we spend our time talking about, thinking about? If it's the culture, we're going to be drawn into the silence. Of, we're, we're, we are spiritually silenced and, and still and marginalized. If it's the kingdom, we have to believe that you're coming as soon that is imminent. And as we see what's happening globally around us, we're drawn to the, the need of people across the desk from us, across the office, maybe across the kitchen table from us, needing to know Jesus, needing to trust you as their Savior, needing to hear the gospel, needing to understand the significance of why the things are going on in our culture the way they are and how much our culture in this day looks like the battle of that day. Would you remind us of the importance of that and draw us to a contagious faith? A faith that stirred up every morning as we get out of bed to say, I wonder who you're going to bring me across the path of today that needs to know about you, that needs to hear of your love, that needs to see grace and mercy poured into their life the way you poured it into mine. God, stir us with those kinds of things that we make a decision to live differently, to think differently, to interact differently to pursue relationships differently, to work differently than we do, to be driven by the fact that the window is closing, the door is closing, and here we are with a message that needs to be heard. Let us sing it, shout it from the mountaintops and live it from the truths of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 